genre. Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Around, the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one Doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. Today on the show, we will be discussing the cavemen, aka 100,000 BC, aka parts two through three of An Unearthly Child, uh, which I refuse to call it that because... Come on, guys. The rest of the story has nothing to do with an unearthly child. Um, If anything, Susan has, like, really, like, nothing to do in these three (laughs) episodes but cry and be scared. And scream, yeah. Yeah, cry and scream and be scared. Um, So, yeah. So so we're going to refer to it as the cavemen because uh, it's a little more specific, I think. But, yeah, so we're talking about the three parts – that follow the opening episode uh, on an earthly child and uh, features our, uh, our heroes going back to uh, 100,000 BC. Um, yeah. So this is the, the first doctor's second story and it's going to begin our second season of uh, the long way round. Um, as we start talking about the second story of every doctor, which is really exciting before we get to the cavemen though, I wanted to discuss a couple of things um, because I have a feeling that this episode is going to run short. So let's let's <laughs> fill some time, eh? Um, <laughs> so so there was a, a couple of news items that I thought was interesting that I wanted to talk about. The big one I'll save, but like the first one, Peter Capaldi was recently at uh, a convention. I forget which one, and he was being interviewed and asked about the next season and who would be appearing in the next season if any characters would be returning. And he, not so subtly, suggested that Jenna Coleman may be returning as Clara, like in the midst of her adventures with me. Um, not me personally, but <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it still sounds weird when it's coming it does. out of my mouth. Um, so, what's her, yeah. What's her Viking name? A shielder? Yeah. A sh- yeah, a, shiel- a shielder? A shielder? A shielder. Like that. Yeah. Um, Who's calling that? Yeah. Well, she doesn't want to be called that. It's disrespectful to the fictional character. Respect her choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't uh, – I'm curious what you guys think of it. I personally – I don't like it. I hate it. I don't – I hope she never comes back and it's not because I don't like Clara because I really loved Clara, especially toward the end. But I feel like we wrapped her up in a neat little bow and I don't really want to ever see her again unless it's in a spinoff series that doesn't have anything to do with Doctor Who. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's very quintessentially Clara. <laughs> <laughs> it's very quintessentially Moffat. Yeah. yeah. 
can't seem I mean, to let go of things. I mean, you remember how happy we were with the way that she she left at the end of uh, Dark Water, or uh, or Death in Heaven, or whatever that one was called. What was the one? The second one called? Oh, right, that's right. Because yeah. she just like walked down the street or whatever. Yeah, right? and I remember the three of us yeah. were so like that. It was so cool and yeah. elegant and 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 like you know and sad but beautiful. And then literally the next, you know, the 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 Santa Claus one, it was like right. she's back. And then and then I think uh, again we were pretty happy with the way that she went out in uh, the episode where she dies. The yeah, raven. face the raven. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We were pretty happy with that, and then she came back, and then we were really happy. I feel like third time's a charm. Let's not let's not go for four. I, right. I mean, unless they can just keep giving her perfect endings. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But Moffat seems to be like the the guy at the casino who doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. When to stop? Yeah, because yeah. he's like, I keep winning <laughs> one more time. <laughs> And then he's going to lose it all like he did with the with the pawns. Yeah, exactly. It just reminds me because the pawns had so like five good endings. And then yeah. it's just like, oh, yeah, angels in New York. No, no. Literally the worst ending. Yeah. I'd be kind of fine if it was sort of like the way Martha came back situation where it's like a, a, a like maybe she doesn't even interact with the doctor. Maybe she just like has to do with a, sto- a future story you know i would be i i like I, I like that in theory okay however i don't like it under moffat as showrunner because moffat isn't capable of doing that right every story he writes has to be the most important story ever written and if clara comes back you bet your ass it'll be like this crazy epic thing where right. we're just like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. it doesn't need to be like this. Because the Martha Martha coming back, that was Russell T. And Russell T was really good at just, you know, being like, yeah, she had an ending. This has nothing to do with that. She's just, you know, she's still living her life out there. So why not have her live her life in an adventure with the doctor for a second? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is which is totally cool, but I don't think Moffat's capable of that. I I think that's the reason why he's never brought back Captain Jack, for the similar reason. Mm-hmm. Although although I've heard that he might be in the Christmas special this year, that seems like the perfect place for him. I think. Yeah. Have you heard about that, Cass? No, I haven't. Yeah, apparently um, he was in uh, what's the Cardiff? Yeah, he was in Cardiff. Um, a few months ago, uh, like right after he rapped on Arrow, uh, he was in Cardiff and couldn't tell anyone why he was there. Oh. There's only two reasons anyone goes to Cardiff. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's Doctor there's, Who and a get to Wales. <laughs> so there's a, there's a quite, you know, there's a, there's a quite a possibility that he's going to be the guest star in the Christmas special, which I think would be pretty, pretty great. I would love that. Yeah. Just, just, just because it would be, I think it would be like the very first time since Moffat took over the show where he would even be really making reference to the Russell T Davies era. Sure. You know? Yeah. He seems the, the, to, he's, he's, he's been avoiding it. Kind of. Yeah, the closest thing I can think of well, is, I mean, when, is when Rose showed up in Day of the Doctor. Right. Right. And even oh. – I don't even know if, like, they referenced, um, like, the Master when Missy came back. Like, 
I don't even know if that was a thing. I can't remember. It's been too long. I don't long. think so. Yeah, it was almost like sort of a of... soft reboot of the master. Yeah. Yeah. I think they kind of reference that he went into the thing. I think they said something about him saving the doctor's life or something like that. I think they, I think Missy said something about that when she first showed up. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so vague because they right. have such a long history. Yeah. Right. I don't know. The only the only reason or the only way I would be marginally okay with Clara coming back if she and um, Maisie Williams are like space girlfriends. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that's true because they'd have to get Maisie Williams back as well. Right. Yeah, but but Maisie Williams has said multiple times that if they ever call, she'll be there. Well, yeah, but I mean, they'd have to they'd have to fit her into the whatever Game of Thrones schedule she was on or whatever movie schedule she was on now. Right. Oh, is she in movies and stuff now? I mean, I know she's trying to be. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I know that, I mean, Game of Thrones, like, it's really easy to fit people into the Game of Thrones schedule because mm-hmm. throughout the entire season, you only shoot for like three weeks because, <laughs> you know, all of your footage put together in a season of that show, unless you have one of the giant battle episodes, like mm-hmm. all of your footage equals to about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So... Because there's so many people. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. You get like one five-minute scene per episode. Um, so I think I think it'd be pretty easy to fit her in. But uh, anyway, yeah, so there was that. Then the other thing that I thought was interesting, so there was uh, a revelation recently that Moffat originally offered the role of the 12th Doctor to a black actor. Um, really? That- yeah, that he did not name, but they turned it down. Well, the rumor, the rumored name is that it was Juatelli Jofor. That's not um, the rumored name. That is who it was. Okay. Um, at first, the rumored name was Idris Elba. When when it was first said, everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, it was Idris Elba," but it wasn't. It was it was. Uh, oh my god! Because Idris Elba would make a crappy doctor. Idris Elba would not make a good doctor at all. He's too. He's kind of too butch. <laughs> like he's a little too much to be the doctor. Yeah, he, he's not dorky enough. He's too tall yeah. and smoldering and intense. And the doctor, yeah. like, look at look at our doctors. The butchest doctor that we've ever had is the third doctor, and that really says a lot about the character. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but Chuetel so, would have been great, especially oh if he kind man. of leaned towards his character in The Martian, or or yeah, or or even like his esos centricities in uh serenity mm-hmm. he would be he would be great it would just be really weird because that would mean that dr strange was the doctor and sherlock it would be the dr sherlock crossover that oh, tumblr has always yeah. wanted <laughs> <laughs> um no he would have made a great doctor but he turned him down which makes a lot of sense yeah it does it does it does. It's just – it's unfortunate because that would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it would have been really cool. But I love Peter Capaldi, so it is what it is. Um, That's really time. interesting. Yeah. Next time. I feel like I feel like he was probably too big of an actor for them to go for. Like he's just at the cusp. Like if he's on the fence of being too big, he's like – just over the fence or like halfway over the fence right because i imagine he must have approached him around like coming off of 12 years a slave Mm, i think it would have been 
maybe maybe right after he filmed it. Mm-hmm. Maybe because if if I remember correctly, I think they got Peter Capaldi like three years ago. Was his announcement special? It was the same summer as it was the same year. It, it, it was twenty thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, three years ago. Yeah. Um. So that would have been. I think that would have been before Twelve Years a Slave, right? Well, 12 Years a Slave came out like in the autumn of 2013, and I think Peter Capaldi was chosen in like the summer of 2013. Really? Because I remember it was – I remember that World War Z had already come out, and everyone was like, oh, he played Who Doctor? Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess that's true. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. He was probably like – I just I just played a a guy who got stolen, kidnapped and – Forced to be a slave for twelve years. Uh, I don't want to play the doctor. <laughs> also, you know, uh, there's a certain the, there's a certain level of responsibility being the first non-white male actor to portray the doctor or James Bond or anything like that. That right. you have to be a certain type of person to go like be willing to go for. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's and it strikes me like he, him and Idris Elba to a certain extent. I feel like they both strike me as guys who are just like, I don't want to deal with that. I like you know like that's cool. Yeah, somebody should do that, but it's not going to be me. I don't want to get yelled at by racist nerds for five years. Like I'm yeah, good. Exactly. Um, so that makes sense to a certain extent. But yeah, he would have been a really great doctor. Yeah. I think. I mean, look what the internet has done to like the the, the women that are playing the Ghostbusters. Right. That's a train wreck. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What a train wreck of a situation that is. Right. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I like it. Um, I think it would have been interesting. I, it would have been interesting to see him play with Moffat's dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that would have looked like. Curious. <laughs> but, um, anyway... Yeah, so I think that's about all the Doctor Who news that we've had since uh, our last episode. We've put it off long enough. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the Caveman uh, Part 1. So the Caveman, as as the case was with an an unearthly child, was written by Anthony Coburn and directed by Waris Hussein, uh, produced by Verity Lambert. Hussein and Lambert, both characters in that movie we watched. Um, so uh, take it away, Cass. Tell us about uh, the Cave of Skulls. Okay. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I forgot how awful this story is. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> and um, I'm I'm visiting my family right now and I was watching without my headphones like this first part and my mom was sitting there in the kitchen with me and she just looks at me and she's like this is what you're talking about later <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway uh so cave of skulls um so we start off with that really iconic shot of the TARDIS with the shadow creeping over it um mm-hmm. which is the only good thing about this... Well, actually, that's a lie. It's the one of two good things about this episode. Um, and we cut to the guy who the shadow belongs to, and he's just like, what? And he's a caveman. Um, Big reveal. That was... That made me laugh, because there's, like, this really, like, 
sudden musical cue. Yeah. You see, like, the shadow, and then, oh, what's the shadow? It's this caveman guy. It's this one guy. <laughs> and don't the, don't the credits show over his face? So it's hold, yeah. like held on his face for, like, 30 seconds. And it says, like, the cave of skulls. On yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, what? Um, and then we cut to this cave of, like, dirty people in skins and it's really bad. So they're all waiting on this other guy to start a fire with a bone and a pile of twigs. Oh my god, he's just rolling the bone. <laughs> yeah. It it's and it's implied that he's been doing that for days. <laughs> yeah. What an idiot. He's really bad at this. Like, at one point he gets really frustrated because the tribe is like, we want fire, bah. And he's like, okay, I'm going to call on the powers of the sun god and it's going to channel through my fingers and the stuff's going to catch fire. So he like gets frustrated. So he picks up all the twigs and just puts it to his face and yells into them. Yeah. And it's A plus acting. Um, yeah, Za is his name. Yeah. And, uh, his his father was a fire maker. <laughs> his, my name's Za. My fire. father was a fire maker. Yeah. His father made fire once. And, once. and I love the bit where he, he like goes and talks to the old woman who I can't remember what her name is. Um, I think she's, she's just the old woman. Okay. So she's just an old woman. And he's just like – he's like, tell me how my dad made fire. And she's just like, I don't know. And he's just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot I, of um, – <laughs> I, I want to rewatch this. That's not true. I don't want to rewatch yeah. this. But, but – I want to rewatch this and count how many times the word fire is said in all yeah. three episodes. Like do one of those like YouTube things. It's just yeah. like that. Like how many times fire is said in this episode. It just pings in the corner. Yeah. Ping, ping. <laughs> oh man. So this episode starts off a trend that I don't really care about called caveman politics and – there's no reason for me to care about these people because I I just don't. Um and really like it sets it sets the stage for like every other Doctor Who like it's very formulaic, but uh -huh. this is just really, really it's really bad at it. Um because yeah, there's so, the first time. Yeah, and there's so many other episodes where like you're thrown into this world and you don't know who these people are and they're talking about their politics or their struggle or whatever, but it's so much more compelling than these people just yelling into sticks. And I, yeah. so I, I guess I respect it for that, but it's just like, Oh God. Um, so At least this, this guy, uh, James Coburn, despite having written the first story of all time, he never wrote for the show again. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Because he wrote – he actually wrote the second episode, which was called The Masters of Luxor. Mm -hmm. And then they decided to make uh, the, the Daleks. Daleks instead. Good choice. And uh, yeah, he never – I guess that made him mad and he never worked for the show again. <laughs> he didn't like my caveman politics. Um, but – yeah, so we go back to this other guy out in the wilds, and he still has a bunch of question marks over his head because he's still looking at the TARDIS. Um, and Barbara and Ian wake up in the TARDIS, and Ian 
like fell down and bumped his head and Barbara's like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and the doctor and Susan are like kind of running, not running, but like kind of briskly examining the, the TARDIS console. Um, and it's, it seems to be like they, they also have no idea what they're doing. They're just like, Oh, this isn't supposed to happen. Um, and so they're talking and they pull up the, the scanner and there's this like bleak other world thing. And Ian's like, whatever, it's a trick. Um, and I like how Ian is the one that's like, I can't accept this. And then Barbara's like, whatever, man, roll with it. Cause I, <laughs> I just believe them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason to back it up. I just do. Yeah. She's like, I, I have no other, like she's in such shock that she doesn't know what to do. So she just rolls with it. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like that. They're still like super confused because a lot of times, especially in modern who you like have the initial, like, Oh, it's bigger on the inside. And then they just kind of go with it. But I like that it takes them like 15 minutes to be like, Oh, Oh crap. This is, this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that it's kind of true to what would actually happen if this alien kidnapped these people in this box. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second good thing about this episode is this quote that honestly, I don't even know why it's there because it's so much better than everything else in this story. Um, maybe it's Mary kind of, Lambert wrote it. Maybe it's got like such like a poetry to it. And so the Ian, Ian is just like, I don't believe you guys. And the doctor says, if you could touch the alien sand and hear the cries of strange birds and watch them wheel in another sky, would that satisfy you? And I'm like, Oh man, that's so good. It is and really good. I think that kind of encapsulates the doctor, at least at this point too, because it, he's just, he's so fed up with, it reminds me of when, um, when Russell T would write David Tennant talking about Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very evocative of that. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how that line ended up in the story because it's so good, but I love that line so much. It's very poetic. Yeah. Um. So Ian's like, well, yeah. So the doctor <laughs> opens the, the the doctor opens the door, and Ian's like, oh, what? Yeah, and he's like, I still don't buy it. Yeah. So they all they all go outside, and the doors close. Um. And Ian is still in disbelief, and Barbara just kind of side eyes him, like she's like, "Okay, come on, come on, dude, we're, <laughs> you're we're a man of science." Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like that this story is also the first time that the tart, like the uh, the chameleon circuit, isn't working because the doctor questions why it's still a police box. Um, yeah. And I like that we start this like journey with them like the TARDIS is like oh now I'm a police box I like it um so the doctor goes outside and he collects samples to figure out what what year it is because the uh on the console it's not reading correctly Mm -hmm. um and the other three like find a skull and they're just like oh that's weird I wonder what this is um and he the doctor is like you see this this shadow on the doctor again by the initial caveman 
and he lights a pipe because that's what old men in the 60s do, I guess. He lights a pipe and then this guy immediately jumps him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, fire! Oh. Um, and Susan loses her mind. Like, she, she has no chill. No. Negative chill. No, she's like, oh, my grandfather. I don't even want to, like, it's terrible. Um, it's, and it's really bad. Susan has the capacity to be, to be a good character, but frequently she's just written to be really whiny and really screaming. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like that. Um, so they I find can't a- imagine working on this set and having to film this. No, Ugh. like I don't, and I don't know if it's it's like a directorial choice or if it's in the script that like oh Susan moans and complains, but I don't know. It's um, so shrill. It's irritating. It is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's the first of many Susan screams. Um. Susan, so they, Susan loses all of her chill, and Ian has nothing but chill. Like, instantly. She's just like, oh, God. Like, does she do this all the time? I just, no, no. I don't know. Maybe that's why she likes the 60s. They've never been in trouble about. before. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And um, Ian is just like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm the man. Calm down. I got this. <laughs> you are more than welcome to hold on to me for strength. <laughs> Um, so they, they find the doctor's stuff, um, and Susan proceeds to flip her lid even more. Um, we go back to the cave and there's more caveman politics. Um, mm. and the, there's that uh, bit, there's that bit. Cause like during this whole time, so the cavemen, they talk like cavemen, but every once in a while they form very coherent sentences Yeah, where it's like that. I mean, that's a lot. For a caveman <laughs> who was just like barking about fire and and dancing around like a gorilla a second ago. Right. Um, there's a bit where the guy, uh, Za, is like, <laughs> <clears throat> Za is like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make fire. And then when I have fire, I'll make all of the people bow to me. And I'm like. Yeah. That's a very specific concept. <laughs> like bowing has a lot of levels to it that I don't think a caveman would be capable of understanding. <laughs> you know, because it's not just like subordination; it's also like like reverence, like odd quality to yeah, it, and respect. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of qualities to bowing before someone that I mm-hmm. feel like would go over a caveman's head. And so when he says, like, I'll make them bow to me, I was like, oh, that's, that's huh. weird, right? <laughs> that's a little weird. <clears throat> also, I love that the two main cavemen, the, uh, there's like, so there's the lady cave, the cave woman, the young one who's named her. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, H-U-R. Her. Uh, her. Yeah. Very clever. And then there's Za. The 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 main dude with the dad who was a fire maker. Hurunza. And then there's the leader from the other group um, who's trying to take over Zaz's group who's named Cal. Why does he have a real name? I'm like, really? Cal and Za? Is somebody yeah, a Superman no fan? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. I mean, I guess his name isn't like it's 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 just weird that he has a name like which guy 
cow. Like, Za and her are just noises that were made at them that stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Her! Okay, that's my name. But, like, cow. Yeah. It'd be like if, it would be like if there was a caveman and like Scott. Right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My name is Frederick. Right. Frederick the caveman. I'm Douglas Caveman. <laughs> uh, and Cave, then uh, and then her father is named Horg. <laughs> sure. Wait, pork? Horg. <laughs> oh. A H O R G. R G. Oh, that's a her. Pork. Her oh. son of Horg. Oh. Oh. Son of Horg. No, no, her would be daughter of Horg. Oh, yeah. Whatever. 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 They don't know. They didn't have gender. They didn't have a binary gender. Fire! <laughs> if you had hair and two hands, you were, you were, you were hunt. It was hunting time. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so. Okay. After the so Cal, which we don't know his name yet, but Cal brings the doctor to the cave, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's what is this dude? What what is this? Some old guy?" Um, and there's more. Oh, who are you? Who are you? Who's who are you? Yeah. Um, there's more caveman politics, and the doctor kind of (laughs) you keep you keep skipping over the caveman politics, but I just. And you say caveman politics, and I feel like people get a certain image in their mind. And let me explain that. <laughs> the caveman politics are literally who gets the fire? You get who the gets, fire? Yeah. I get who the gets fire? to be I leader? The fire, you get to fire? Yeah. Who has the fire? Who has fire? Who has power? She's a woman. I want woman. I want no. fire? Woman fire? It's <laughs> literally the conversations that are going on for three and a half minutes. No, there's no, there's no like, like why should the cave with five members tax the same amount of animal pelts <laughs> three members? That makes no sense. Watch, I, would watch, I would watch the crap out of that. We should have one cave where we keep all of our pelts safe. Well, who would control that cave? You, Alexander Cave Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> There's just one caveman who's like a staunch federalist. I will not I will not argue about this in a committee. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how democracy dies. <laughs> in a cave of skulls. In a cave of skulls. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, I would love that, but this yeah. is yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's literally like five extras <laughs> arguing about fire and woman and cave. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so the doctor wakes up and everyone like freaks out and he's just like, dudes, calm down. I'll I'll get your fire. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so he's just like, oh no, I lost my matches. Um, so he asks the cavemen. To take him back to the TARDIS. Cause then, and then he's like, I'll make all of you fire, whatever. Um, and they are like, no, burn the witch. Burn him without our fire. Um, and, <laughs> and by burn, I mean throw rocks at him. Yeah, throw, throw him in the cave of skulls. Everyone, um, get your bones and roll them in your hands. <laughs> around the doctor. If he floats, he's a witch. <laughs> just, they all just like pick up bones and roll them at the doctor. Fire, <laughs> fire. Go 
Go ahead. Keep doing this all day, by all means. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, I'm a witch. Ooh. And there's there's like the beginnings of like a caveman riot, and then all of a sudden, Barbara, Ian, and Susan. Susan just like screams and like jumps a caveman, and I don't know how they found this cave or whatever, but. Um, there's, like, a scuffle, and then this cow guy just looks at Barbara's face and, like, reaches out to touch her, like, Tarzan and Jane, like, oh, man, this, this lady's hot. Woman. Um, yeah, and then the old woman's, like, or no, I think, I think the, the young lady just gets jealous. She's, like, ugh, and smacks his hand away, and, (laughs) and the old woman is super bloodthirsty, because she's, like, kill them, kill them, but then they get taken to this cave called the cave of skulls and there's some skulls and dun, dun, I want to um, read, I want to yeah. read, I, I want to read three sentences from the, uh, the, the doctor who wiki. Oh God. Okay. And I just, let's just all put this into perspective. Okay. So this <laughs> is from the summary. This is from the end of part one or part, part two from cave of skulls. It says, it says the doctor and his companions are led away. Horg tries to take her from Za, but Za insists that the doctor sacri- that with the doctor's sacrifice, Orb will return and Fire will return also. The <laughs> tribe will retain Za's leader. Horg seems to accept this. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just who's Orb? When did Orb show up? I think Orb it's the sun. Orb is the what sun? The sun, like no, the the actual sun, like the burning thing in the sky. Oh, the god. oh my god! Okay, yeah, because they're just like they talk about. I thought they were saying or like O R, because it's oh, no. just like they talk about like this god. But then I'm like, oh no, it's the sun. So so the the cave cavemen know what the word orb is. <laughs> yeah, a, a word that I don't think I even knew until I was like twelve. Orb. Orb. I don't, I can honestly say, I don't think not one time in the past, I think this is the first time I've even used the word orb in probably three years. (laughs) How often do we actually use that word? I know I don't use it very often. It depends on how much you play video games, I guess. I guess that's true. Fair enough. I feel like orbs come up a lot in video games. Yeah. I tend to use the word sphere more than orb, but... Orb. I guess that just wouldn't be my first choice of word for the sun. No, it's not, especially not if I'm I'm a caveman. I would call it like the big hot, the big hot, <laughs> the big, big hot, hot sky. I like that. I like that. <laughs> it sounds like a new Richard. That sounds like the next uh, Richard Linklater movie. The I know, hot. right? The big hot, <laughs> the big hot, <laughs> the, the the conclusion to the Days and Confused trilogy. Oh my God! Yeah, this one said like in the early '90s. Yeah, the big hot. <laughs> so it's like so it's Austin in August. Yeah. The big uh, hunt. I'm gonna make that now. <laughs> um you can't make a Richard Linklater movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll just be a Richard Linklater movie directed by Nicholas. <laughs> That's like the subtitle on the poster or whatever. The yeah, the, yeah. So the big hot, and it's like <laughs> it's directed by Nick and Venice. 
<laughs> just says on it, I'm a Richard Linklater. <laughs> Did you know that um, in at the beginning of Spy Kids 3, colon, game over, um, at the very beginning, instead of like a Robert Rodriguez production or film, it's a Robert Rodriguez digital file. <laughs> what? Because he so uploaded anyway, it directly from like his hard drive to theaters. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Spy Kids 3 underscore MOV. That's the worst. Let's talk about the Forest of Fear, Nick. <laughs> okay. So, Carmen and Junie have reached level three. <laughs> it's a joke for like four people. So... So, so Team Doctor are stuck in the Cave of Skulls. They found that these these skulls look like as if they've been, like, split open from, like, the the top of the, the skull. The base of the skull? Is that what you would call it? Uh, no, yeah, no, the, the base no, of the skull like is, like... No, it would be, like, the crown. The crown, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's, like, a single narrow incision at the crown of each skull in the Cave of Skulls. So, the, the gang is like, that's weird. And, um... They they manage to escape, and meanwhile they the tribe is all asleep. Um, the old lady wakes up. God, I hate that she doesn't have a name. She's such an she's such an important character. Um, she steals Zaw's knife. <laughs> <laughs> she takes Zaw's knife, which is like a big deal because I can't. There's never any concrete proof of this, but I think that's the only knife in that cave. I think that's like the tribe knife. Hmm. And um, so the only sharp rock they ever found. It's the only sharp rock they've ever found. So but little does the old woman know is that her has actually seen her lowercase. <laughs> OK, so H-U-R sees little H-E-R steal the knife. And then um, when they get to the when she gets to the cave of skulls, there's like this big rock. And she's like, ah, dag nabbit. But I, I know another way because I'm smart. Meanwhile, um. So, so they're trying to get free of the cave. Susan screams again. <laughs> Cuz you know, w- woman folk, they be they be they be getting startled. And uh her wakes up Zaw and like, "Hey, freaking someone took your knife, man." <laughs> and then uh so they so they go they go to the so oh, she went to the cave of skulls and then her's like, "Oh, the elder woman's afraid of fire, so she's going to try and kill the, the the outsiders in order to prevent them us from learning the, their their secrets of fires. And so, um, <laughs> meanwhile, the elder woman is freeing Team Doctor Who, um, Zaw and her <laughs> are trying to move the stone, and uh, so they escape and and. Zod, there's this really weird scene. Okay, so like the cavemen confront the old woman, and then Zod kind of like grabs her and lowers her to the ground, but the woman like freaks out. Like, mm-hmm. like she like he like throws her on the floor, but it was a very staged throw. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So. <laughs> Her convinces Zah that the only way that he'll keep the tribe leadership is if they capture the old man, the doctor, and that te- make them harness, teach him how to harness fire. And Zah's like, 
that makes sense. You're making sense. Her, I want you to be my right hand. I want you to do point on this. We're going to go into that forest of fear and we're going to find that old man and <laughs> his two wives and his son. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the forest of fear, uh, the team's kind of falling apart. Uh, the doctor and Ian are fighting over who's like the alpha male. Um, uh, Susan and Barbara are crying a lot. Um, and yeah, and, and like it, and, and you know, and, and, you know, not, not to drive a point in, I mean, I know it's 1963 and, and gender politics and whatnot, but it, it really is a bummer to see this show that is going to have some of my favorite female characters in television, you know, like River Song and Clara Oswald and Sarah Jane Smith to kind of just have like, yeah, like the kind of, uh, finger curling you know like a faint spell you know it, it, it was kind of a bummer right. and it, it 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 doesn't help it doesn't do this episode any favors in terms of aging well um so they're lost in the forest um they're <laughs> they find okay so like the doctor's like okay i'm hot and I'm, I'm hot i'm tired i've been running <laughs> i'm like 100 years old and ian's <laughs> like okay so why don't you stay back with the women? <laughs> like, okay, so then they there's like a couple minutes where they're fighting over what the line order is going to be. So eventually they settle on like, okay, doctor, you'll be in the front with your granddaughter because she seems to know where she's going. The um, Barbara will be in the middle. So if she faints, either one of us could catch her and I'll be bringing up the rear. And the doctor's like, I am cool with that. And then Barbara flips her shit again and starts screaming and the camera pans down and there's like a dead warthog. Like some kind of some kind of, of hog or pig or beast, right? Was is that what it yeah. was? Yeah. So I okay, so I'm I'm gonna try and paint a a, a picture with the the to, for you the listener. The camera pans down and there is like a, the body of a of a of a warthog. <laughs> and it's it looks like it's been dead for a few hours like it it's not like looking up at barbara being like help me i was just, i'm right. dying no he like i don't i don't know man i just I, that, that that moment rang really false to me because i don't know if anyone would scream at the sight of a dead animal i think susan would susan would. <laughs> okay <laughs> Susan, Susan would scream at the sight of a pen out of place. Yeah. So, so Zahn. I, I also think it's really funny that the pig is very obviously fake. Like it looks like someone just did a paper mache like. Oh yeah. Art project. Yeah. Like it looks like it's coming out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. It also is apparent that in the script they didn't know what animal they were going to make in their lab, so. No one actually refers it to it as a pig or a warthog. They just keep calling it the animal. Yeah. <laughs> and and kinda, then in part four, they start referencing it as a pig. Um, yeah, it, it does kind of, it, it does look very boar-like. It has very thick, hearty tusks. Yeah. yeah um, I think it's a boar. Yeah. Okay. So figure that one out. Um, boar. So <laughs> Zahar catches up with everybody. Um, but not, you know, just as quickly as they, uh, they catch up with Team Doctor, Zah is attacked by something. We never really see it. It, it, like, it, it's like a, 
it's like they put like a fur coat over like maybe like a single block and then just mm. threw it at Zaw, at the actor <laughs> that plays Zaw. How would you describe the wild beast, Scott? Yeah, I mean that's about right. I, I think it's like a, a fur fur blanket wrapped around uh, wrapped around a uh, like a cement block. Yeah, they just they just threw at him. Yeah, and then I think I think we get the most blood I've ever seen on Doctor Who. Yeah, so Zog gets effed up. Zog gets laid out by this wild beast, and the camera covered pans. In blood. Yeah, he's covered in blood. Barbara and Ian are like, "Oh, we have to help him," and the doctor's like, "No." No, you let him die. <laughs> he calls them savages. Yeah, he calls them savage. You know, the doctor. Um, and so Susan's like, I'm we can't we we can't we can't leave Barbara and Ian behind. The doctor's like, no, Susan, we're leaving him to die. <laughs> and then her's like, oh, these humans seem to be helping our friends up. Could this be friendship? What's happening to me? And then hers kind of a kind of a jerk to Susan for a little bit because her okay her thinks that Susan is trying to steal Zoff from her <laughs> little age. Um. So anyway, the doctor's like, look, if you guys want <laughs> fire. Fine. So he picks up a stone, and he it, they get Zod draw. They get they get back to the TARDIS, but Ian is still kind of the Ian's kind of like I'm, I was getting very like proto, like Rory Mickey vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. This yeah. whole episode, like mm-hmm. you know, man shall not trust. You know, like the the second commandment of the show is boyfriend shall not trust the doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very true. Yes, and so. um the doctor says that like, Hey, let's, let's, let's like make a let's make a stretcher and get Zah back to the TARDIS. We can, we can get him. We can, we can heal them there. Back at the settlement. Cal, remember him is back at the cave and he's like, where is everybody? So he finds that old woman and she's like, Oh, the doctor, I, I, I set, I set those weird guys free. And Cal's like, okay, kills the old woman. So deal with that for, however long you need to. And then um, he returns to the tribe to inform him that it was Zaw who let the doctor free so he could keep the fire to himself. So now the tribe doesn't know who to trust. You know, do we trust Zal? Do we trust Cal? Cal, I mean. That's part four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Part part three ends with, so he kills her uh, and then goes out into the woods and like, so like then the, or into the forest of fear and then the doctor... Uh, and the gang, they they have the stretcher, and then they turn to head off, and then Cal is just like blocking their way because he's he wants to be he he's he wants to be the new the new leader now of the tribe. Yeah, yeah, he's like I'm the leader now, and I'm gonna go get him. No, he has um, a bunch of people with him. Yeah, right, right, but he but he doesn't have yeah, the he conversation. Like wakes, no, he, he wakes make... everybody up, and he's like, oh, that bitch Zod ran away with our fire. Let's get him, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of conversations about fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all so so part four, the fire maker. They all come back to the cave, and then Zaw's like, "Yeah, no, Zaw or or, or Cal's like, no, 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 Zaw totally 
totally killed the old woman and you can't prove otherwise because look, he's already dead. So it's, I guess they killed each other. Look, he even has a knife. Look at this. You see this? See this stone knife? He's even got this knife. And the doctor's like, let me look at that. He looks at it and he goes, there's no blood on this knife. How did he kill that woman if there's no blood on this knife? And he's like, oh, it's a bad knife. It lies. (laughs) Nice nice defense. Good good defense. Good defense, Cal. And then uh, the doctor's like, well, let me see your knife. And Cal's like, all right, here you go. My knife is much better. And he's like, your knife is covered in blood. And he's just like, what's blood? And they're like, he's <laughs> he's just like, look, this is the thing. See, they've got, he's got water, red water coming out of his body because he's cut, because he's injured. This knife has the red water on it. You stupid cavemen. <laughs> Do not understand. He's the murderer. And he's like, aren't you? And Cal, Cal's like, yeah, I did it. I totally killed that old woman. Look, she was wanted the fire and I wanted the fire and, you know, I had to kill her. So whatever. Who cares? Right. Whatever. And everyone is like, yeah, no, we totally care, dude. And he's like, no, well, shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so then they they throw the the Doctor Who group into uh, back into a cave. And they're like, all right, go build a fire. And they're like, okay. So, like, Ian gets down and he starts Boy Scouting some fire um, or whatever the British equivalent of Boy Scouts are. Um, it's Boy Scouts. <laughs> it is it just Boy Scouts? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. So, he starts uh, Boy Scouting up some fire with rubbing some sticks together. Because you use sticks. You don't use bones. Um, and uh, he gets a fire started. And... I think it's is it it's Zah who comes in at first, right? And so he comes in and he's like, "Wow, good work with that fire." And everyone like is not listening to him, <laughs> like ignoring him. And he's like, "So how, how how's everybody doing?" And they're just like ignoring him. And he's like, "Cool. Are you guys? I mean, are you guys all right?" And then the doctor, <laughs> the doctor's just like, "Are you gonna let us out of here? Because we made the fire." And he's like, "No, you can't." And everybody's like, "Oh." come on like <laughs> i just love them giving him the cold shoulder and, and, and zah's just like trying to start a conversation <laughs> it's my favorite scene in the whole up in the whole story um and then cal shows up because apparently they didn't do anything to him for killing the elder guy so cal shows up and uh they like wrestle um they wrestle over the fire because there's fire now and I guess Zah is trying to figure out how to move it to like show everyone. But he doesn't know how to move fire because he doesn't know how fire works because he's a stupid caveman. And, <laughs> and, and then like Cal shows up and he's like, oh, you got the fire figured out. Cool. I'm going to kill you and take all the credit. So then they start fighting and – the doctor and the companions, as they have the entire story, they treat this moment in in a way that I can only describe as you have accidentally wandered into an alley where two wild dogs are fighting <laughs> and and you want to watch the fight because you're curious, but also it's really scary. That's kind of the vibe that they have the whole story. 
<laughs> it's like, I mean, I want to, I want to see how this shakes out, but I don't want to get in the middle of it. But so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of stay close to the wall, but I'm totally going to watch this because this is going to be nuts. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the vibe that they all have. Like they're all scared, but also really interested in how this is going to shake out. And the stakes are about as dire for either party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they have a fight to the death. Uh, and I think Zah wins. I Zah can't wins. really. It is. Is it Cal? No, 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 no. He 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 crushes Cal's head with that big okay, bowler yeah. thing. So Zah wins. Zah wins. Yeah. So Zah Zah like Zah like hits him over the head and then picks up a boulder and smashes his skull in. Um. Uh. Really. I mean, it's really violent. Uh, the doctor's <laughs> not into it. No. None of them are, especially not Susan. Um, Susan cringes big time. And so, so Zaw's like, all right, well, that's done. And he like drags the guy away and leaving them behind. And and then they're all just like, okay, but seriously, what are we going to do now? And then Susan picks up a human skull that used to belong to a living person. (laughs) And she decides that it's arts and crafts time. (laughs) And she makes a torch. And then puts the skull over the torch, essentially making a Ghost Rider torch, <laughs> where like the skull is on fire, like Ghost Rider. And wait a second, how old is Ghost Rider? Keep like, going. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna look this up. No, it's like the '70s, because Ghost Rider was around the time of uh, Evil Knievel, I think. That's when he was created. Yeah. I think that was the idea behind it, anyway. Um, so she makes a Ghost Rider torch and she's like, huh, look, <laughs> I mean, I there, there was no planning behind this. No, she just picked up a torch and put a skull on it, a human skull that belonged to a living person, put it on the torch and it was just like, oh, this, look how this looks. This is weird, right? <laughs> like, what kind of writing is this? Like, he just. In Susan's defense, A, it works. It <laughs> works for it, what? It's not doing anything. It distracts the cave the cavemen. No, 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 no. No. Not in her defense. Ian had that plan. That had nothing to do with Susan. Okay. Susan was just putting a skull on a torch for no reason. <laughs> just to- just to watch it burn. Just to see what happens. Oh, my God. I mean, she had to do... Okay, she was like, okay, look, what do I have at my disposal? I have sticks, skulls, fire. What if I... You know, it's kind of like if, if you if you verbalize... If she were to turn to the doctor and be like, I have a plan. I'm going to take one of those skulls, put it on a stick, set it on fire, freak him out. But that's exactly what happens. So, like, she does that, and she's like, look, everybody. And, and she's like, look, everybody, like, it's alive. And yeah, they're like, she's like, what? look, it's alive. And it's like, what? what is the flaming skull? What are you talking about? <laughs> this caveman's like, that's not what alive is, right? Yeah. And so Ian is the first to correct her, and he goes, no, 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 not alive, but recently dead. And they're like, what are you talking about, Ian? So then they line up four of these flaming skulls on sticks and stick them into the ground and then hide around a corner. 
and then her shows up and she's like, oh my God, they're dead. The fire murdered them. <laughs> and they're just like, they're just like, sweet, it worked. Let's get out of here. And I'm just like, where are you going? How are you leaving? Why didn't you have to distract them before you left? Why didn't you just leave? Yeah, they and were making you stay. Out. So they leave. And it's instantly upon leaving, the cavemen start chasing them, like the end of the prologue of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And so they're like running through the forest toward the toward the plain, uh, or in this case, the TARDIS. And, <laughs> and there's these great close-up shots of Susan running and just getting twigs like smacked in her face um, <laughs> from people just off camera. It's amazing. Uh and so they run into the TARDIS and they're like, OK, cool, we got out of here. And then the cavemen show up right behind them and they all throw their 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 sticks uh, and then the TARDIS disappears and they're just like, wait, what just happened? And I have to say. For a society of cavemen who were so obsessed with the fact that. Zah's father made fire, and so therefore, if he made fire, they should be able to make fire. So how do they make fire? And having no clue how to do it, I can only imagine what the rest of their lives were after seeing the box that disappeared. Right. They probably all went crazy and died. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really. Um, they probably kept going into caves and like just like shouting from inside the cave. Have I disappeared yet? <laughs> they probably stood there waiting for the TARDIS to come back until they all starved to death. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. Um, and then inside the TARDIS, uh, the, they don't, the, the doctor's like, I don't, the TARDIS is acting weird, so I'm just going to go and I guess it'll surprise us. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a surprise. And so then they show up somewhere uh, and... The doctor like looks out at the window or looks out on the TV screen thing and is just like, well, I mean, that could be anywhere. And they're like, cool, let's go explore. And he's like, yeah, all right. And so then they go to explore and then we zoom in to the radiation uh, meter that sl- the needle slowly climbs from zero to danger. So where does it, so where does it go, Scott? The danger zone. Thank you. <laughs> Can I – can I quote something from from the from the TARDIS wiki real quick? Absolutely. The four try to think of a means of escape. Absent-mindedly, Susan places a skull inside of a flame. <laughs> so she's kind of doing it like you know you know when you're like in a doctor's office and you're just playing with like a pen. I just I like the idea of her doing that and then putting on a puppet show for everyone, right? And then just Barbara and Ian just being like, Jesus. <laughs> oh I really, God. you know, God bless Carol Ann Ford for taking that direction, though. I know. Can you just, like, absentmindedly light this human skull on fire? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just love the idea of her taking two of them and have them talk to each other. Yeah. And then you just cut to Barbara and Ian. And they're just, and they're, and, and Barbara, Ian's just like. I mean, I told you we shouldn't have went home with her. I don't know no. why you dragged me into this. 
Well, no, this brings up. Well, this brings up why we started all this in the first place. I think. I think Susan needs to be under protective custody. <laughs> <laughs> they they just like they're looking at Susan silently, and then they just slowly turn and look at each other, and then that's the shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, Grandfather, man. look! Stop that child! What are you? Oh, doing? <laughs> she's making the skulls talk again. Yeah. <laughs> she's seen so much death. <laughs> oh, that would be the greatest revelation of all time is that uh the Ronnie is actually a, a, a future incarnation of Susan. Of Susan. Just crazy Susan. <laughs> yeah, having been having been left behind by the doctor and oh just my God. A few times and just hates him. <laughs> I've always knew something was wrong with you. Remember that time you played with those skulls and fire? Remember that time we met that those cave of dum dums? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, this is. <laughs> I think I'm fairly certain that Susan lighting those skulls on fire has to be the most metal thing to ever be on. <laughs> it's we, pretty metal. It's did pretty we talk metal, about Susan. the doctor trying to like casually murder uh, Za though? Like, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't – she's got to get it from somewhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, Hartnell is definitely the most murdery of all the doctors. <laughs> he's, he's the, he's the, he's the, uh, he's the uh, most likely to murder. He's way more chill about murder and death and dismemberment. Eh, eh, sometimes you've got to kill people. Oh, or sometimes you just let them die, you know? I mean, good enough for Batman. Yeah. Right? I branded them with my special Doctor Who branding iron. <laughs> I was referencing Batman Begins, but oh, okay, that works too. I don't have to save kill you. Yeah, but I have to save you. I don't have to save you. I don't even have to save you. Very heroic. Very heroic, Batman. <laughs> so really, the branding isn't that much of a. No, it's always <laughs> it's always Batman. been there. Yeah, it's always been there. And in, and in 89 Batman, he murdered, like, a warehouse full of people. Well, in, in Batman Returns, he murdered, like, he murdered, like, every person in that carnival. Yeah, remember when he, like, remember when he, like, tore the grenade off of that, he tore the pin off that grenade and, like, grinned before it blew up that, that man, that clown man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Batman's a killer, guys. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he killed that monkey. Yeah, he killed the monkey. Yeah, he totally killed that monkey. <laughs> well, he didn't kill him. He just didn't save him. I'd love to save you, monkey. The League of Shadows. What's up, Perfect? From the death of one monkey. <laughs> Your Batman sounds like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That'd be a great Batman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my god! Consequently, Christian Bale, like die Christian Bale blonde, and he make a pretty, he, or not anymore, but he would have made a good Constantine like ten years ago. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, so oh I guess I guess the main thing that bothers me about about whatever we want to call this um, <laughs> the the caveman, you know, ten one hundred thousand BC, which I think was like its original production title, right? Um, yeah, the original production title was 100, 
thousand BC, which then changed to an unearthly child um, when it aired, and mm-hmm. now has sort of become in like fandom people refer to it as the cavemen because it's more specific than calling it an unearthly child. Because really, what else could you call this adventure? Fire, the fire, yeah, fire, fire, running around some caves. Fire making. I'm just glad that we have never returned to cavemen in the history of Doctor Who. Well, because oh it's God. boring. Cavemen are boring. They are really boring. The only time cavemen haven't been boring is Far Cry it's a living. <laughs> Those Flintstones. Flintstones? No? Anybody? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Well, I don't even count them as cavemen because they're so advanced. Yeah, I guess that's true. Fair enough. So in the pilot episode, in the first episode, season one, episode one of the Magic School Bus, there was <laughs> there is an episode called Lost in Space. It's an adaptation of the uh, the Magic School Bus Lost in the Solar System. It's the icon. We, we've all seen this episode. It's the one yeah. with it. They go to visit the solar system. Arnold takes off his helmet and turns to stone. Oh, right. The, this is the Arnold kills himself one. Yeah. Oh my that, god. That with that great meme of the guy just don't do it, Arnold. Don't do it. He's <laughs> dead for sure. Oh my god, that's my favorite. <laughs> so that to me, that pilot episode, that really gives a healthy stretch to the limits of this premise. You know, it's like this is a magic school bus. I am taking these kids to outer space. And one of like, them is going to die. One of them yeah. is going to effing die. And I'm going to bring <laughs> him back to life because I'm Miss Frizzle. And I think when I think about all of, you know, when, when I think about the pop, 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 you know, of Doctor Who, early Doctor Who, I'm watching this episode and I'm like, this episode is no pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is dark and boring and violent and... Not I mean, very exciting. Susan isn't having fun. <laughs> like, yeah. imagine if in the first episode of Magic School Bus, it's like, hey, kids, welcome to, like, King Henry's dungeon. Look at all of his. <laughs> all well, of these just, women kept giving birth to daughters. Isn't that here, awful? Here's the worst part about this, the part yeah. that you cannot forget. Mm-hmm. This wasn't one episode. This was three episodes spread out over three weeks. For children. For children. So you couldn't just watch you, – you watched one part of what we watched and then the next week you had to tune in for the second part of this. And the th- – I imagine the third part is the worst part because the fourth part, it's like, OK, well, at least this is the last one. But the third one is like I can't believe this is what this show is still about. I, I don't think I would have – if I was a kid in 1963 – and all of my friends were like, oh, man, you got to watch the Doctor Who show. I'm like, no, man, I tried part one of that. That was some BS. Well, no, part one about. was good because part one was Unearthly Child. Well, right. part, yeah, part one was like really interesting and kind of spooky and kind of Twilight zone I really like part one, but this is just. Yeah. I can't believe that this was the first adventure of the Doctor. I mean, that's the reason why, you know, the very next story is the Daleks, you know. <laughs> like we need to imagine if the first episode of the first comic of Batman was so bad and boring that the next issue they're like, okay, fine, we just have to make the Joker now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to win him back. Yeah. Um. 
I, I feel like the Daleks, when you watch the Daleks, I think the Daleks actually works way better as a first story. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would have been cool if uh, they would have just skipped from Unearthly Child into the Daleks. I mean, it's definitely what we're recommending our listeners to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Daleks was the first um, Hartnell story I ever saw. Like, I had never seen the first episode and... I watched the Daleks, and granted, it is, like, eight parts, but it's really good. It is really good. And it's very silly. Yeah, and that's that, that's why, that, that's the thing about the cavemen, is it's not even, like, a really, if it was, like, a Sid and Marty Croft version of cavemen, that could be really fun, you know? Yeah. Like, Land of the Lost, or, like, you know, but it's, it's just such a weird, like, like, dimly lit almost kind of like like Ingar Bergman's cavemen <laughs> it's it's super weird and it's unfortunate because um whereas Hussein only has only directed two episodes and his the other episode he directed was Marco Polo oh my god yeah so like he directed the the absolute crap out of an unearthly child in Mar- Marco Polo, but this caveman story is just like what a waste. Yeah, well, like I don't even know how you make this story narratively interesting, especially with the constraints that we now know that Hussein was under back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude, talk about a Kobayashi Maru, right? Also, for a st- for a thing that for a show that they that they were demanding. It be educational. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Nothing. No, no substance at all. Again, going back to the magic school bus, you know, what I mean, like, that's not actually what happens if you take off your helmet in space. But like you, you go back and you watch that episode. There's like valuable facts about like the planets and what stars are made of and how, right. how, how gravity mm-hmm. works, you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's just like, no, A, the, the this tribe never existed. No, <laughs> this is historically blasphemous in terms of, and most likely were not white. Let's be totally <laughs> honest. Did not have English accents. <laughs> they did not have English accents. Uh, but that's fine because that's just part of the show. You can't avoid that. But like, it wasn't even like it was kind of like that really crappy Roland Emmerich movie, Ten Thousand BC, where. A, it's oh not God, real, so you're not getting that fun, like, apocalypto, like, ooh, this is, like, another chapter. But it's also not fun enough to be, like, campy, like like Land of the Lost. Right. Anyway. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not good. It's not good. Um, would you say, Nick, would you say, if you had, if you were forced to rewatch this or Time in the Ronnie, which would you choose? <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, time of the Ronnie, definitely. Okay, so there we go. So we got a new contender for worst episode of Doctor Whoever. I feel like Time of the Ronnie was more fun, and plus, I just I feel like if I watch enough Ronnie, I will I will eventually create my Ronnie episode. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. There's only two, and you've watched one of them, so yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just feel like this has nothing to because like, even the Ronnie, at least if you're watching Time of the Ronnie now, you have a bit of the canon. You know what I mean? Right. You're like, oh, well, now I know who the Ronnie is. Nothing, nothing about this episode will ever come up again. It's true. Like the the doc Peter Capaldi will never meet Zaz like grandson or something. <laughs> it's true. 
God, I'm so glad that uh, we never returned to cavemen. Yeah. What else would you? What else was there to say? <laughs> I mean, all they had to say in this one was fire. So I know, but it's like there's no beloved characters to like return to at all. Yeah. Honestly, I think the only reason that this is not in the the like the bottom ten of like all of Doctor Who is because it's attached to the first, like it is the first like mm-hmm. quote complete story. So there is that like nostalgia and like almost I don't know I guess yeah, reverence. No, I, yeah. I totally get that, but I refuse to accept that this has anything to do with an unearthly child. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it like it's attached to it, so mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh well, the first episode's really good, so I guess I'll have to make up for that with the last three. Yeah. Is Action Comics? Has anyone ever actually read like a PDF of Action Comics number one? I've read Action Comics number one multiple times. Is it good? No, God. No. <laughs> neither is neither is uh, the first Batman issue. The first Spider Man's really good. I mean, if you if you like uh, Stan Lee, it's fine. But wait, 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 wait. Are, are you thinking of Amazing Fantasy number fifteen or the one where he meets the Fantastic Four? Oh, I was thinking of Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Okay, me too. Okay, um, the one where he meets the Fantastic Four is freaking great. Uh, the, the Golden Age comics, um, they're rough. They're really rough. It's literally, if I'm not mistaken, Action Comics number one is about a landlord overcharging his tenants and Superman beating the crap out of him. What? So Superman returns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I think that's literally what it is. Like he leaps into the building and he's just like, you're overcharging your renters. And they're just like, he's like, what? And he's like, punch. (laughs) <laughs> problem solved man i wish superman would do that for me i know right so he's a socialist oh yeah big time okay yeah in the in the original yeah <laughs> uh, before, and then again when he found jeans yeah <laughs> uh all right well yeah um if you want to visit our website at duelinggenre.com you can do that um, contact at contact at the doctor's us. If you have your own thoughts about the cavemen and fire and Zaw and that old woman that was killed, um, you know, what makes the red water come out and what makes it, <laughs> why does you know it what, stay you know on some knives and not on other? Uh, do, do I own a bad knife? Do. Uh, yeah. let's, let's, um, let's call this right now. Let's set the start setting this up in between seasons of the show. It would be really awesome to do a mailbag episode where we talk oh, totally. about the yeah. stories that we just talked about. Like, so for the for for our first mailbag episode, we would do it after we talk about the beast below. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll have then we'll have a mailbag episode, and we'll talk about the first and second episode since we didn't do a mailbag episode for. Uh, I'm down with that. One, I think that'd yeah. be cool because it wouldn't require any homework for us. Like, but we could record an entertaining thing and mm-hmm. yeah yeah good yeah so send us your emails yeah contact at, at doctorscompanion.us at yeah contact at doctorscompanion.us tweet us at tdc pod you can visit us on tumblr at the doctors companion podcast.tumblr.com all one word no weird apostrophe bits and as always you can plug us you can like us on facebook Leave a five-star review on iTunes, which is always the coolest thing you can do for a podcast. And listen to our other shows. Back to the Future Minute is going strong. 
uh, with um, with Scott and I and rotating guests. And Cassandra, have you been on part two yet? Not yet. Not yet, but you're going to. Yes. Sweet. Okay. It all bleeds together. Um, In fact, by the time this comes out, she might be on it next, I think. Time travel. Yeah. Time travel. Yeah. And uh, uh, Gork by Night is going strong. We're in the middle of a break, (laughs) but uh, Scott and I are back. We are back in the garage. We are working on Geek by Night. We are going to get those last few episodes out, and it's going to be great. And you can find out more about supporting us and helping us out at DuelingGenre.com slash support uh we are less we are less than how much how much money scott less than 70 dollars from our first goal less than 70 dollars away from our first goal which is a, a weekend edition of back to the future minute the no roads edition but um you know as we keep going up the ladder there'll be more and more stuff that we want to do for you guys and a lot of that has to do with the tobacco companion and a special thanks to our patreon associate producer David Jeffries for his uh, sizable and uh, inexhaustibly appreciated contribution to the uh, the dueling genre, the good ship dueling genre. Yeah, here, here. wherever you are, David. Uh, we hope you're having a good day. And uh, join us next time. We will be talking about the 1984 classic Highlander. Nope, <laughs> not correct. Yeah. But we are talking about uh, author Diana Gabaldon's favorite uh, Doctor Who episode, The Highlanders. Nice. Um, because, oh, that uh, explains so much. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Did you not know that she named that character after him? Shut up! Are you kidding me? No, no. Seriously. Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that character is named. Uh, the <laughs> Nick is completely lost. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a character named. Uh, it, it's Jamie. Frazier on Outlander is the name of the character. Yeah, he's the male lead. Right. And on yeah. uh, Doctor Who, uh, in our next story, we're going to meet a companion named uh, Jamie McCrimmon, played by... Frazier Hines. Frazier Hines. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, Jamie Frazier on Outlander is named after that companion. That show has a lot of, a lot of hot, steamy uh, romance scenes. It does. I, I feel like Outlander is like what Fifty Shades of Grey wishes it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be totally honest. So Twilight. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. It really does wish it was Twilight, doesn't it? Well, if uh, well, Patrick Trouton fans, hold on to your uh, your linens and mm-hmm. start your grinning. And, uh, and I'm excited for Nick to meet Jamie. Because yeah. I love Jamie. Jamie's one of the best companions we've ever had on the show. So excited. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next week. Bye.